poster resembled that perfect thing now, right? Right. <laughs> I love praying before you guys get out of control. <laughs> so, Father, we love you so much. We thank you. Uh, we thank you for laughter. We thank you for love. We thank you for grace and hope and peace. All these promises that you make in your word that the heart of the believer is able to receive. Lord God, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, would you just fall fresh in this room? Would you send your Holy Spirit to fill the hearts of each person? Father, anybody watching on Facebook, would you just, would you just bless them? Would you do the same thing you're doing here? Send forth your spirit because we know that you're omnipresent, you're everywhere. Lord, be with us as we study your word tonight. We love you, and we thank you, and we are excited. All right, thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 All right. It's God's plan. So, a good question. Where are we going, Lord? And though I use plural, I want you guys to do singular. Where am I going, Lord? Can you ask yourself, ask God that, would you, right now? Can we do that on like the count of two and a half, three? Ready? One, two, three. Where am I going, Lord? It's important to have that dialogue, to be having conversation with God. Can you imagine a God who created this world cares enough to talk to you? Like, it's not just through this amazing pastor. <laughs> Another laughable. You guys have the right to talk to God. Each and every one of us do. And it's, it's important that we start to develop and grow this relationship with God. If you know whose you are and whose you are, and you know where you're going, then how likely is the enemy to be able to knock you off your path? Not as likely. Not as likely, right? And so we develop that, and we receive that strength, that infilling of the Holy Spirit. We receive a strength that saved Christ, that tore the veil. Think of all the things as you read through the scriptures that Jesus did, and you receive that same Holy Spirit. Jesus was tempted. You'll be tempted. Through it all, I don't ever want you to ever, please don't ever forsake the journey. These days, these trying times, like I remember when I was first saved, and I said, all right, Lord, I'm saved. I can die now. Like, take me home. I'm good. And God told me, he said, Fred, I didn't save you so that you would die. I saved you so that you would live. And I spent a lot of time fighting that. I spent a lot of time not receiving that truth, not receiving that goodness, that sweetness from the Father of life, of living, of enjoying. I mean, times are hard. What grade are you in? 11th grade, life is just always, woo, right? Perfect. I, even, even if you're running off on this way, like heading off, right, like over here, like kids do, right? Like you're skidding out over here, like, too bad. Like, man, this is going to be awesome. I can't wait. Right on, rock and roll. And then you wake up one morning, and you're like, this really sucks. I'm screwing everything up. I remember waking up a day and a half later after my suicide attempt and the shame that I felt inside, the hurt that I felt. I remember taking on assignments since I've given my life to Christ and things that I never thought I could do and watching God do it, but it wasn't easy. Right? It's not easy. This thing called life. There are ups and there's downs. There's hills and there's valleys. But what happens when we find God on the, on the mountaintops, those amazing experiences when we find God down in the valleys? Right? Because somewhere, somehow, we got to get through these things. Because life is ebbs and flows, ups and downs. 
And if you're not taking God with you the entire time, then what are you doing? You're out here half of the time trying to get through it on your own. Well, sometimes I go it on my own because I don't want God's answer. I already know what he's going to say. Hey, God, would you mind if I went and did? Just sh stop it, friend. Scooter, you already know. You already know right from wrong. Now, why am I going to let you go out and do wrong? Well, because I've been good for so long. Certainly, I should get to do that. Because it's not really bad. I mean, not like in the grand scheme of things. I mean, at least I'm not this. I'm just doing this little one. I'm okay. But what happens in the midst of all of it? We start building and growing strength. There's times when we've conquered things that we didn't think we could get through, and yet here we all are on the other side of things. How beautiful and how amazing is that? And so we're stronger. One, we know how to not get into it again. Who's the light bulb guy? Edison. Exactly. Jim Edison, right? I do, I'm going to leave it right there because I know it's going to grind your gears the whole time. <laughs> that was about, what, 1427, right before Columbus? Columbus was... Columbus started, Columbus was going to the prom and he ended up in the Philippines. I think that's how it goes. I'm not very good at history. No, it was World's Fair in Chicago. <laughs> Don't you just love it when you know the people that you're talking to and they, have, they can't handle that stuff. Sorry. See, now that was probably a little evil. <laughs> it was probably a little naughty, but it was fun. Sorry, Lord. Forgive me. Edison, it said that he tried the light bulb a thousand times before he got it right. And had he been a quitter, like many of us, we wouldn't have the light bulbs. But what he did is he learned not to do it that way again. So as we go through life, when we stop listening or we don't listen, we don't take God's advice from the word or what we hear in our hearts, we can learn from all of our mistakes. It's like, gosh, I'm so stupid. This is just, right? Like anybody one of those people that beats themselves up when they do something really stupid? Like just kick the living tar out of yourself. I'm that way. Like, well, yeah, I think that other people talk to me the way I talk to me. Right. I'd be probably somewhere. Right. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Can you imagine that? And yeah, somehow we still have the audacity to get angry at people who talk to us lighter than we talk to ourselves. Because it's like, I don't need one more person beating me up. I already did it good enough. I'm a master at kicking my can. I'm a master at finding every fault, failure, and foible in my life and just grinding on it. But what I'm doing is I'm getting better. I have a wife who helps me to remember stuff. Like, uh, we weren't doing that, remember? I remember a 13-year-old daughter who says who has no problem and, and again I've said it before but I value her because she has the the intestinal fortitude to actually talk back in a good way and let me know when I'm screwing up and I'm doing something wrong and I thank God for that I, th I do but I could either say I'm a failure as a dad failure as a husband failure as a pastor failure in all these areas or I can learn and grow from them Right, So then if I were to say that the journey to get to where I want to be is not worth anything, then I'm not going to take the time to learn from it. So I'm going to keep repeating the same things over and over and over and over again. And I can't have that. I can't keep doing that. I've got to learn. And it's absolutely okay to learn. The destination is where we are going, but the journey builds character for the destination. So when you get to where God is calling you to be, you already have the tools because you picked them up on the journey. You see what I'm saying? So now when I get there and I'm called to something, I've already got the tools that I need to get the job done to do what God is calling me to do. But it took the journey to get me 
to there, and it took the journey to give me the tools to function where God is calling me to go. God is not going to waste anything in your journey. Nothing. He's going to use it all. Because the tests in your life become the testimonies of your life. The tests in your life, the times that you are tested and tempted to walk away from God, become a testimony to the goodness of God. You see, because people need to hear how good God actually is. Right? That's a really valuable, a really valuable thing is our testimonies. And sometimes you can show them battle scars. But what happens to the person who has the perfect life? The perfect life. They've never been in trouble. They've never done drugs or alcohol. They've never so much as rolled through a stop sign. They knew Jesus from a, a young child. Their whole life has been filled with God. What kind of testimony do they have? Right? Like, that's nothing. I see it all the time in kids. When they hear somebody give a testimony, they're like, ooh, 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 i got to build mine. God will forgive me later. And they go out and do all this silly stuff, only to get caught and wrapped up in those sins and those ways of the world. But is it a bad thing to be a good kid? Is it a bad thing to actually pay attention to what your parents are telling you? Is it a bad thing to listen to what God is telling you? You see, because I hear people tell me all the time, well, pastor, I don't have a testimony like yours. I was never really, you know, they tell me about how amazing they are. And they'll see tears running down my face a lot of times. Because it's so incredible that somebody could actually live that life. It's so beautiful that God would protect them and build them and grow them in that way. I'm like, that's not a bad thing. But no matter what your journey looks like, don't think it to be a small thing. Hold it close and learn from it as you go. Take it as part of you and it's okay. Right? Kim, you're one of the most incredible stories that I've ever heard in my life, and such you're such an amazing person. Your love for God is ridiculous. Are you perfect? In God's eyes. That's all that matters. But you're incredible. You're an absolutely incredible and amazing person. The things K1 has been through in her life in the last few years. She could easily walk away and just say no. Emily could walk away and say no, this is a bunch, this is a load. Jody did walk away many times. And he's back and he's walking stronger, more upright than ever. We all have a testimony. We're all going somewhere. The journey. The journey, it can look easy and become hard, or look hard and become easy. Have you ever felt that? Like you you lay out a scenario and how it's going to play out? Like you've built this negative thing. Oh my gosh, this is going to be so hard. That person's never going to understand. This is going to suck. Blah, blah, blah. It's absolutely horrible. And you get to it. And you virtually walk right through it as a breeze. So you make a storm out of nothing. You make a mountain out of a molehill, right? So, so I know somebody else has heard that, and somebody else has experienced that it looks hard, but it became easy. And sometimes it looks easy, and you're like, whoo, I didn't see that coming. Wow, where'd that come from? But regardless, of what it looks like, you have God in your heart and in your life. Amen? Amen. And that's such a beautiful thing to have. To have God to strengthen you, even when it looks easy, even when it looks hard, you have God. So if you turn in your Bibles to 1 Samuel,
Don't be afraid to use the Bible context if you want to, but it's in the New Testament. It'll be in uh, or Old Testament. Sorry, wrong word. You have way too much joy in your heart full for that mistake. I almost switched over to the New Testament when you touched that. So it's in the Old Testament? Chapter 17, verses 14 through 18. Everybody about there? Chapter 17, verses 14 through 18. Looks like everybody's there, pretty much. Okay. We're going to be cracking and walking faith that you are going to about ready to pop right over and turn to it. All right, so it says, David was the youngest. The three eldest followed Saul. But David went back and forth from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For 40 days, the Philistine came forward and took his stand morning and evening. And Jesse said to David his son, Take for your brothers an ephah of this parched grain and these ten loaves and carry them quickly to the camp to your brothers. Also take these ten cheeses to the commander of their, of their thousand. See if your brothers are well and bring some token from them. What is, what's David got going on here? And who is this David? So there's a few things happening here that for David it could look really tough. It could look really rough. And if you remember, just in like 15 or 16, this is when David was anointed to be king. And the Holy Spirit was taken from Saul and given to David. Saul was given a, a bad spirit from God. There's a theological argument you can have with yourself, right? Can God bring bad to you? It just says right there that in, in that chapter that God gave him a bad spirit to torment him. We won't talk about it much more, but I just I want that in your brain to just think about it. Think about it. It's good to know. What is David doing? So he's the youngest son. If you remember earlier in this chapter, if you've ever read it, David's brothers weren't exactly excited about this news. They were not excited. And you can read, if you read all of the words in here, you'll hear about his older brother, his eldest brother, like kind of dogging on him when he starts talking about going out and killing the Philistine. His brother is not excited about it. So David is being what to the father? Obedient. Obedient to the father. Like he's got enough going on, but he also has something for his brothers in his heart. He loves his brothers, right? So how do we love our brothers? How do we be obedient to the father? Here he is, he's going to the front. Right, to take a lunch, but he's going to the front. Do you want to go to the front where the war is being fought? You want to go to the battle? Like, that trip your brain out. Like, not a lot of people really want to do that. Not a lot of people have the gears or the intestinal fortitude for that type of thing. But here goes David. He's walking in obedience. Because, you see, one of the neat things about David is David has a story. David has a testimony. And we're going to hear about David's story and why, why he is the way he is. Uh, 17, 22, and 23. And David left the things in charge of the keeper. So he'd done his, he delivered his baggage and ran to the ranks. So he ran up to the front where his brothers would have been and went and greeted his brothers. Hey guys, how you doing? It's your little brother here, the one you're mad at. As he talked with them, behold, the champion, 
the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, came up out of the ranks of the Philistines and spoke the same words as before. But this time, David heard him. David, the youngest son, the smallest. If you're looking, if you're looking in your concordances, you're looking in your study Bible, it'll say usually that he's 10 to 15. I've always heard about 13. But anyway, he's between 10 and 15. Can you imagine your children at 10 to 15 years old running out there having something that nobody else had? All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid. So here they are, the mighty, the mighty army of Israel fleeing. They're running away because one guy, one guy stands up and starts barking at the whole army. What happens when an entire army takes on one guy? Don't you think that like there's strength in numbers? Like we could take this guy down and no problem, right? You see, you see the wimpy kid who becomes ten foot tall and bulletproof when he's got a couple of buddies around him. He starts running his mouth. We all went to school, right? We know that person. <laughs> oh boy! But they fled. Is David trying to be a smart mouth? When he's reflecting, when he's reflecting on the reward for killing Goliath, it's from Saul. He gets Saul's daughter. He gets some of these things, and he's talking to his brothers and talking to anybody around him that would hear him. Is David trying to be a smart mouth? Is he just running his gums? Is Eliab walking in faith or fear? That's his oldest brother. You see, David's talking about taking on this battle. Where's his brother? Who left? Is that faith or is that fear? So when, when life calls us to something, and God calls us here, and we say, no, thank you, God. Are we walking in faith or are we walking in fear? You see, because we need to start being a church... The church in America and around the world, the church of Jesus Christ, needs to start walking in faith instead of being fearful of everything going on in the world. There's a whole lot of stuff that absolutely stinks happening in this world, right? But where's the church stand on our war against child pornography, sex trafficking, racism, wars throughout the world, wars right here in our streets against heroin, PCP, LSD, fentanyl. I have to do I have to do a funeral for a 19-year-old boy in this town that just died from an overdose. And I'm pissed. I'm hurt. Pardon my language. But I'm hurt that this stuff keeps going on. I'm hurt that the church keeps thinking. We keep pretending like we can't do anything about it. But we're being called to the front to be the loving hands of Jesus Christ, to be filled with grace and hope and love so that people don't have to keep doing it, so that people have somewhere to turn. And you know what? Some will turn. Some will turn the other way fast. But some will turn to the church. Are we ready? Are we ready to actually be the church that changes the world? What is the giant that you're facing that you're so afraid of that you won't let God help you to get past it? To conquer the giant, to slay the giant in your life so that you can get to where God is calling you to be. You're giving more credit to your fear than your faith. You're giving more credit to your problem than you are to your God who can tackle and destroy all of those problems. <coughs> but do you have the faith to do it? It's hard. It's hard, but if we keep doing what we're doing, then it'll keep going the way that it's going. 
You've heard me ask the question a bunch, but who is happy with the progress or the direction that we're going as a nation? How about as a church? And I don't mean torn as a church, but I mean the church in general. Are we walking any better than Eliab? If we're being honest. You see, because we sing the songs that should bring us to the feet of the cross, to the altar of God, where we receive our love and our blessing and our calling. Because God has faith in you. He knows you. He loves you. He gives you his Holy Spirit to empower you to do that which he's calling you to do. But we've got to be ready, willing, and able to receive that in fullness and make alterations to our life. There are going to be, some of them are going to be tough. Some of them are going to suck for a moment. But as you learn and you grow and you build habits that are holy habits, things that God is calling you to, things are going to change and they're going to be okay. You're going to be all right. And if something horrific, if you lose your life along the way, then what's the worst that happens? We're in heaven with the Father. But that time, I believe, won't come until you're done with your call. I look at the many times that I should have been dead and something kept me alive. And it's the love of the Father because he knows what he called me for. How many times you got that you should have been dead? A lot. Why are you here? And what are you doing about it? I'm not even kidding you. Not at all. You've been given a gift. You've been given a blessing. You're an absolutely incredible woman for the kingdom of God. And you, you will change lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is not playing around and it's time that you start using your body, moving your body, getting active. If you're wondering why there's pain, it's from sitting. When we start moving, when we start doing, we stop... We eliminate the pain as we get the synovial fluids going in our joints. When we get our body and our muscles are building back up and the enemy tries, tries to take it away by giving you a stroke, by giving me a heart attack, by doing all the things that he tries to do. But at least, you know what, I'm going down swinging. I'm swinging for the fence because that's what God is calling me to do. And you're about to hear the story of this little boy, this teenage kid at best, as he swings for the fence in faith and he kicks fear to the rear. Will our brothers and sisters act the same? Will you and I act the same as Eliab acted and his other two brothers as well as the other soldiers? Or will we stand together locked arm in arm with Christ? And will we march forward Stopping out darkness in the name of God the Father. In the name of Jesus Christ. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. What are we going to do? Will we lock arms? Guys, we've got an absolutely amazing blessing here. An opportunity to change. To bring change to a community that needs change. But guess what? I can't do it by myself. And thank God I don't have to because God brought you here. And he's got a call for each and every one of you moving forward to help raise up the next generation, to knock out the darkness so that the next generation has somewhere clean to go. Because if we keep going, our kids are going to be tripping over needles in the streets. And there are certain places in this town where you can go to right now and you'll find needles every weekend. If not every weekday. Because people are getting so brazen, they're shooting up right at the market, right in the alleys, right in the downtown. Down by the river, all over the place. 
But will we lock arms and actually go to these places? Will we actually believe that prayer can actually change a situation in a city? <clears throat> I'm not asking you to go to a drug dealer's house, kick open the door, tell him in the name of Jesus, you better knock it off. I'm not telling you not to, but I'm telling you that you better listen to God. <clears throat> you better listen to God like David is. What is required to push past family fear and doubt? <coughs> Love, hope, and faith. Love, hope, and faith is a great place. Seventeen, thirty-four, and thirty-five. But David said to Saul, "Your servant used to keep sheep for his father." And when there came a lion, so he's talking about himself, and he says, I used to keep the sheep for my father, and when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, David's supposed to be out there, and one of these animals would come in and take a, take a lamb. I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Now I remind you, this is past tense. And David is between 10 and 15 years old. Oh, that's just a story, Pastor. I believe every word in that Bible. Every word. I don't believe that this is just a story. I believe this is a story being told about the love and the goodness of God. And how walking with God, you are more than a conqueror. That no matter what your fear is, you can get over that fear by God. Amen? Amen. Because his strength inside of you pushes you farther than you ever thought you could go. Your humanness wants to stop back here, but God says, go forward. So God wants to heal you here. He wants to heal you so you know who you are and whose you are. That's why we do church in my heart and in my mind. We do church so that we can be encouraged and built up. We can come to a point of learning and understanding God's word, receive that power, and go forth with power. Amen? Amen. You're walking out there with a sword and a shield on. Like, who out here has got that? Nobody. Nobody but those who believe in Jesus Christ. Guys, Jesus Christ did not die to give us a spirit of fear or timidity, but one of strength and power. You have authority given to you by God the Father. That's how ridiculously loved you are. That there is something in you that even in the midst of all the stuff and all the struggles and all the darkness, I still knew there was something good inside of me. It's that glimmer of light that, that was so deep and so dark inside my heart, but it shone through. That was God. And so no matter where you're at in your life right now, I guarantee you, I know that there is a light that is shining somewhere inside of you. Grab a hold of that light. And raise it up in the name of Jesus Christ and declare victory over the darkness. And it might be hard. It might be tough. It might seem daunting like you're never going to make it. But you're not facing the giants. You're not facing lions and tigers and bears. It may look worse. But if you don't ever get into the battle, if you don't ever press on to see God's, your faith in God work in you and through you, you see, because it looks ugly and scary, and you're like, I don't know what to do. And God says, trust me. Just trust me. Take a step. And you take a step, and you're like, God, that wasn't so bad. It was hard, but it wasn't so bad. And he says, take another one. And you take another step. And next thing you know, you're right up, right up next to that giant. Or you're a slingshot's throw away from the giant. Next thing you know, you're winging that thing around and the giant's laughing at you. He says, stupid little one, you're such an idiot. 
and you release it. And it thumps him in his head. And the giant is dead and falls to the ground. No matter your personal journey, you're going to need supplies, right? No matter where we're going, we need to take stuff with us. Kelly, you recently went on a trip. Did you go with nothing? You at least had cash or a debit card or something to help you on your journey, right? And you certainly didn't walk there, right? You drove. So you took some tools. You wrote on some tools. You had some other stuff. And you went. Right? And along the way, you picked, maybe picked up more, maybe stopped at a restaurant, got some sustenance, got recharged. You're ready to go. How many cups of coffee did you drink or energy drinks did you buy? Soda, you're a soda. That's okay. <laughs> Same point. No matter where you're going, no matter what you're doing, you're going to need supplies. So you better start a shopping list. And your shopping list, I hope and I pray, has at least these things in it. Faith. Faith. From the Holy Spirit. From God in you. Faith that the Holy Spirit is in you. I hope no matter where you go, you take the Bible, or at least the words of God that strengthen and encourage you. Right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whomsoever believed in him would not perish, but have eternal life. How beautiful is that when you're facing what might look like death? To know that even though the world is telling me my body is going to die, I will, I will rise in heaven. Philippians 4.13, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me when I walk in his will. Knowing his will, taking the journey that God is calling you on is walking in his will. And now you have the strength to do all things to get that mission done. Amen? Amen. That's the good stuff. How about love? Because no matter where you go, no matter what you're up against, no matter what, just love people. My mom always said, kill them with kindness. Kill them with kindness, and no matter what, they're throwing stones. Love them. Love them. What did Jesus do? Can anybody point to me chapter and verse where Jesus beat the living tar out of them? We hear about him flipping tables once. There's a, there's a reason for that. Well, yeah, merchants, taxpayers, they were in there doing unfair weights and measures. They were taking advantage of people. So you need love. You need to be able to love people no matter where you go, no matter what you're up against. Love people. You need prayer. Because that's calling on God. God, what do I do? What did Jesus do every morning? As was his tradition, he would get up in the morning and go out to a place by himself, and he would pray to the Father. Hey, Pops? Yeah, son. What you got for me today? You know, Lord, yesterday was, our God, Dad, yesterday was pretty cool and everything, but I know that there's something else coming up. What do you got for me? Well, son, I want you to walk down this dirt road, right? See him go right to the edge of the mountain, and I want you to skirt around that mountain, and when you get over there, you're going to find these people, and I want you to talk to them. It'll be about 5,000 people, but don't get freaked out, okay? Because remember, I filled you with my spirit. Oh, yeah, you're, you're me, but, you know, you're, you're, you're just like those people, but just talk to them. It will give you the words. And, and, and son, yeah, Dad, if you could feed them, and I know that things are they're going to appear to be really tight, like you don't have enough to feed them, but what I want you to do, son, is I want you to show all those guys that are following you, your disciples, Peter, James, John, and all those guys, I want you to show them what, what, a, what a life of faith looks like. How am I going to do that, Dad? Hey, son, there's going to be a little boy, and he's going to have a couple of fish and a couple of loaves and a little basket. And the guys are probably going to laugh at you because 
You might come out of this thing, you know, walking over here with this little basket looking like an idiot because you're going to feed 5,000 with this. I'm going to look stupid, Dad. No, son. You're going to look faithful. You're going to look faithful. And I doubt Jesus ever doubted his dad. Okay, that's just part of the... But you're going to feed the 5,000 and I'm going to have enough, enough left over so that they're going to see that miracles happen in, in my name. And so we need prayer. We need to be able to talk to God. We need endurance. And we get endurance from running, from practicing, from doing these things. We build up strength. We build up muscle memory. We build up the ability to not just run four steps, but 40 steps tomorrow and 400 steps the next and 4,000 the following day. And what happens? Well, we just start running. And we start running and we start accomplishing and tackling things that we never thought we could do. Right? And then we're just energized. We're just charged up. Like, that's a, ooh, oh yeah. Let's go. This is awesome. I am loving this. Heart, hope, and grace. What if you take those with you? The heart of the Father. Hope. Remember Hebrews 11.1? 1? What's faith? Things hoped for and not yet seen, and the assurance of them. So you take hope and you take grace because there's going to be people that you walk with that absolutely are not what you are expecting or wanting in your life. And you have to get outside of yourself and you have to walk in grace. You'll hear me say it a bunch. It's better to be right than righteous. Or is it better to be right or righteous? Righteous. So that means walking in grace. That means lifting people up. That means recognizing that our battle is not against the flesh and blood, but against darkness and principalities and spirits. You see, because people act all out of sorts when they're not operating in the right spirit. Amen? And so now if we don't have the faith to pray for them, to lift them up, to build them up, then what do we do? And oh yeah, sometimes you're not going to be the one to build them up or lift them up. And you need to know that. You need to be able to walk with grace and understand that your kind of help is not going to help them, but somebody else that you know of is going to be able to help them. I have a, one of my best friends is a life coach. Now, what we've realized over three or four years of doing this stuff together is that I can help take people to a certain point, and then he picks up, and he takes them the rest of the way. Or he takes them and picks them up and gets them so far and then hands them off to me, and I'll take them the rest of the way. And we've partnered in the gospel of Jesus Christ many, 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 many times. But we walk with grace. We walk with hope, and we walk with heart. And even then, I still get hurt. And i got to learn how to walk with forgiveness. If I don't put forgiveness in my travel bag, I'm going to be walking on this journey, I'm going to be worn out, and I'm going to be unforgiving. I'm going to have all these resentments that just grind me down. They wear my heart out. They take away my energy. Right? Forgiveness sets you free. It's like every time that you're not willing to forgive somebody, it's like strapping another chain over your shoulder. Those big, heavy Iron Man chains are the ones that you see from the strongman competitions, and you just lump another one over. And next thing you know, you're bent over and you can't hardly walk because you got so much weight on you. And that's hard. It sucks, but it was never meant to be. You were never meant to carry that weight. And yet, for some reason, we still do. Are we walking in faith to give it to God, or are we walking in fear? God, God, I know you don't have time for this, so I'll just take this one. And then you take the next one. Some of our lists may appear to be too heavy. I can't carry it all. But you can with God's help. Amen? Amen. What if God carries it? 
What if you take on his burden and his yoke? For my burden is easy and my yoke is light. What if it is not what you think it is? What if it only looked like it was going to be impossible, but when you stepped forward, God opened a door to new possibilities that you never saw coming? What does that look like? Does that sound like fun? Does that sound good? It's time to hit the road. If you refuse to leave where you are at, you will never get to where you are supposed to go. If you refuse to leave where you are at, you will never get to where you are supposed to go. I don't know if that hit yet, but I'll read it again. If you refuse to leave where you are at, you will never get to where you are supposed to go. God has a call on your life. You're supposed to be moving, getting somewhere. It's progress. It's moving forward. But if all you want to do is sit here and quit before you ever get started, then you better get used to what you've got because it's what you're going to have. I want everything that God has to give me. Everything. And I pray that they never take my feet away because I want to keep walking. I want to keep walking. I want to keep running the race until the day that I fall on my face dead. And be risen up with God in heaven. You see, because I know that there's things that God has for me to do. People's lives that I'm supposed to touch. And if I don't do what God is calling me to do, those lives will not be touched by me. And maybe that will be pushed off for six months, a year. It's kind of, it's hard for me to kind of even think about it. Because from where I was at. I have this like poverty mindset that tells me that, you know, a lot of times like, you know, don't don't think so much of yourself. So I don't think that much of myself, but I think an awful lot of God. And it seems so weird that he puts things on me to do. There's some things in the kingdom that I'm supposed to do. I have a call on my life as well as you. But it seems so weird, like, God's still going to reach out and touch the person even if I refuse to do it. But why would I want to refuse to do it? And so I'm stuck in this weird little thing, like, God's, God's ministry on this planet needs me. But it doesn't need me. And so I'm stuck in this weird little place in my brain. The battles. Well, yeah, people in general will, will walk with the ugly, and as soon as you get there, play the victim. Right, but what happens? What happens? What happens if I start walking it out and doing what God has called me to do? When I come here every Saturday and now every Sunday morning, as it's been for 14 years of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am absolutely blown away and humbled that God would use me. That God would care enough about me to use me for his glory. The great escape. No matter where you go, there you are. So, become who you were meant to be. Escape a false belief system that is holding you down so that you can become who God is calling you to be. Because you are greater than you can act, think, or imagine, greater than you can dream in the kingdom of God. You are absolutely incredible. I don't care if you are short, tall, skinny, fat. If you are black, white, yellow, green, I don't give a rip-roaring stinky-do about any of that. Because our God is the great equalizer. 
And he created us all in his image. And if you come tomorrow morning, you'll hear more about that. Being made fearfully and wonderfully in the image of God. Guys, you were called. You were called and you are blessed to be a blessing. There are people in these streets and the streets that you walk that need to hear the love of Christ through you. They might not be ready to hear the whole gospel, but what happens What happens when we get to the gas station while we're leaving? We tell the, the clerk, God bless you. Be safe back. What happens? Do you, do you have the guts to do that? Good, because we should be. What happens when our non-believing friends, those ones who don't preach your Bible to me, we just say, God bless you, are we out the door? Right? You know who I am, and I'm not going to change. They want me to change for them. But I ain't doing it. I'm never going back. I'm never going back to the way that it was. But I am never stopping moving forward. Our feet will march to the drum of our Lord. Amen. 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 So, Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your blessing. We thank you. We thank you, Father God, for all that you are, all that you're creating us to be. Lord God, you have a path. You have a journey for us to go on. Would you, would you just give us the grace and the peace and strength to walk out that path, to walk out that journey, Lord? Father, it's, it's scary. So I just pray right now, I rebuke fear in the name of Jesus. Whatever you're going through right now, just know that God does not want you to fear, but he wants you to walk in faith, in full authority. He has something for you. You are called and blessed. You are anointed with power and authority to cast out demons, to raise the dead, to heal the sick, to bring help and hope to the lame, to change the world that we're looking at. It doesn't have to be this way. God wants us all to stand up, to rise up, to walk with him, and to do what he's calling us to do. So, Father God, I thank you. I thank you for the call on our lives. I thank you for your Holy Spirit in us, Father God. I thank you that, that your son died and gave us his righteousness. So that we are in right standing. We are no longer bums. We are no longer slaves. We are no longer people who are groveling and begging for scraps. But we are champions and victors of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Lord, help us to walk out that calling. Help us to walk out what you called us to be. Help us to walk out who Jesus Christ died on the cross for us to be. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In the name of your son, Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being on. Thank you for watching. What's that? Thank you for watching. Oh, thanks for watching, I guess. I don't guess. <laughs>